I'm Mitch McCracken, and this is Memphis Music Interview. Memphis Music History Told from the Inside. I guess this week is Bobby Whitlock, who was born in Arkansas, but spent his teen years living in Millington and hanging out at some impressive Memphis recording studios. In fact, he found himself in the Stack Studio where Sam and Dave were recording I Thank You. You can hear Bobby supplying some of the hand claps on that record. It was early in the All Things Must Pass sessions that Clapton and Whitlock, along with bassist Carl Radel and drummer Jim Gordon, formed the blues rock band Derek and the Dominoes. Now, Bobby has taken up painting. We started our conversation talking about that. I found three canvases, you know, um, artist canvas. And uh, I was like, wow, Coco, Coco's a great artist. You know, she can, she can draw and black and white. It looks like a picture, it looks like a photograph. Uh, I brought them out to her and I said, I said, why don't I get you some oil or you get you some oils or something, some paint. Um, paint. And, uh, she said, oh, it's you. <laughs> she said, that's what she said. She's like, oh, it's you. <laughs> I went, well, okay. So I went down and got some, uh, you know, a little easel, you know, not much of an easel, you know, and a little three-prong deal and got a little thing of paints, you know, they had all the seven colors and came back home and I went outside and did this thing, you know, and, Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> this is not on at all. Look at this, you know. And so she said, let me have that. And so and I went, she said, let's try it again. And so I went, I went back outside. I remember it like it's as clear as a photograph. Uh, I was standing out there painting away and, and just getting really frustrated, you know. <laughs> and man, I was like, no, nah, man. And so I came back in with the paints and the brushes in my hand. I said, you take these, you know. I said, I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm a player. I'm a singer. I write songs and books. You know, but I'm painting. That's not me, you know. And, and I said, you take them. And she said, she said, it's not, it's not like you to uh, give up on anything. She said, why don't you just go give it one more try? And she took the one. I thought I trashed it. I threw it in the trash. She took my second one, you know, and got it out of the trash. And I went out there, and I started in, and um, I mean, it was a small canvas, you know, like 18 inches by something, you know, 24. Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, I started in, and it was like, it was like the, the clouds are going over, and all. I can just see it right now and feel it. Uh, and it's like the wind is at my back, and, and I started to paint, and it just it kind of just flowed, you know. And, and it just happened. This thing, it was like I realized that I was tapping into a source, you know, a, a creative principle. And when it dawned on me, I tell you, I can tell you this, Mitch. It's like when I paint, it's like a guitar player when he just comes in random, you know, with a solo, and you really don't know where it's going, you know, uh, uh, when it's going to stop, you know. 
Yeah, see, that's, and you know, Bobby, that's the way that I've done them from the very beginning. And yeah. uh, one of my first interviews was Reggie Young. Yeah. And so at the end of the interview, he goes, man, this is one of the best interviews I've ever done. Uh, and, then he, and then he goes, have you talked to Dan Penn? And I said, no. And he said, let me give you his home number. <laughs> and so I did that. I, he played on several things of mine in uh, Nashville. He became one. It was Bobby Woods. And the same guys, Mike Leach, Bobby Woods, Jinx, uh, Chris Moon, and Reggie. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I used to go see them when Stax was closed. You know, I'd go down to American and, uh, and, and just stand by the wall. I'm sure they don't remember me. But I come in until they had to go, you know, run everybody out. And I watched. That's where I met Tom Dowd. Was at America. It was a big deal him coming down into Memphis. See, there, in that time, in that era, like 1968, 69, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 67, 7, yeah, 67, 68, and 69. Uh, if somebody like Ahmed Erdogan was coming to town, everybody already knew it. You know, the word, the underground spread faster than the internet does today. Yeah. You know, it did. It did. And, and yeah. Jerry Wexler, you know, uh, Tom Dowd was uh, uh, an American. Somehow, it's like that, that, that thing. It's like it, it some kind of radar would come up. And I'm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, headed, I'm headed down to America. See, an American was right around the corner from Sonic. And that was Bill Black's studio. I want to say it's Sonic. Uh, Bill Black's studio was right around the corner from American. And Bill Black uh -huh. was, he was the first person to ever take me in, uh, record me. He recorded me uh, when I was like 12 years old. Uh, and I, I remember his bass being standing up in there, too. Uh, I sang the Lord's Prayer for uh, Ted Mac Amateur Hour. You remember wow, Ted? That's yeah, cool. I, I, I want it. <laughs> And now I got a six pack of chicken legs and a brown brownie instamatic. Went to Big Mama's house and they fried up the chicken legs and the, and the brownie instamatic. Go, we were taking pictures and stuff. I, I was twelve. But did you ever get to meet Dewey Phillips at all? No, I didn't. 
uh, he was as redheaded as they come, you know, and old Dewey was. And he said, you need to get that boy to Nashville. You <laughs> 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 need to get that boy to Nashville. <laughs> and then I saw him uh, uh, some years later, you know, after I, I was growing up. And I, he had, a, I'm going to say, Dumba MMG or GGM or something in, in Millington. And then Dewey had, uh, Bill Thomas was a uh, guy, you know, the main guy that ran the thing. And Dewey Phillips was uh, the DJ. Uh, I'm, I just imagine old Bill Thomas is still alive, you know. Um, I believe he is, and he was the general manager of Rock 103 when they first signed on. I worked for him. It's good to go back to Memphis, you know. Uh, you know, they say you can never go home. Yeah. Um, I first, you can't, you know. It's really, it's, I've tried to live back at home many times, you know, but it had not worked. It never did work, you know. I go visit, and that works fine, you yeah. know. Out at Neil's, they say, Bobby Whitlock is in the building. Neil, He's one of my best friends, man. I love that guy. Oh, he's great, yeah. And then, and then I left, and, and I'm out there getting ready to get in my car, and you can hear it on, Bobby Whitlock has left the building. <laughs> 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 I love it. <laughs> you know, I love Memphis, man. I do. I, 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 there's a place in, in my heart. Uh, will never close the doors of Memphis, and they'll never close. You know, uh, but there's some folks that are, you know, uh, Ohio Lansky. You know, I'm, I got a closet full of Lansky brothers shirts. I'm probably <laughs> I counted them the other day, about thirteen, fourteen shirts I'm looking at right now. <laughs> but yeah, there's some good folks down there. Chris Cordobius. And so that's where uh, Coco and I play when we go to Memphis. We go to Chris's place, you know, at the warehouse. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's a great place. It's real comfortable. Yeah. You know, I know there are other really nice venues in town, you know, but uh, that one is, it's, it just really makes me comfortable, you know. But, uh, all right, no, I, mean, I bet you want to ask some uh, questions about my past. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you were you were involved in a in a lot of Memphis music history before you formed Derek and the Dominoes, uh, and so, yeah, some of the things that I found out about you, I was surprised to learn, like doing the hand claps on Sam and Dave's "I Thank You." That's true. That's my that's the first time to ever get down uh, for real, you know. And, and you were you were the first white artist signed with staff. Yeah, on their hip label, they wanted to uh, 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 get a part, get in on that British invasion. <laughs> yeah. see. they wanted to get. You know, we had like Freddie and the Dreamers and P- Peter Noon and yeah. those guys. Up there. <laughs> it just wasn't me. I'm. Uh, when I was in there, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, knock on wood. You know, right, midnight right. hour. Yeah. <laughs> the express way to your heart, you know, give me some loving, yeah. you know. We were kicking it like that. And then when I signed with Hip, it's like, <laughs> you know, he goes back, we have a slide, slide trombone, man. I was just, who the hell is in the Memphis Horns plays a slide trombone? 
if it wasn't for Steve Cropper, Derek and the Dominoes would have never happened. Neither would have all things must pass with because everything would have changed. You know, uh, uh, Steve Cropper was the one that suggested that I go. Uh, Call Eric. As a matter of fact, he paid for my airplane ticket over. When I quit Delaney and Bonnie and friends, I didn't know what to do, so I called Steve. I said, I can't come back to Memphis, and I, I, I can't stay here. He said, why don't you call Eric? And uh, he said, I said, well, <laughs> he said, ask, ask Eric if you can come visit for a little bit. And I said, all right. And he said, call me back and tell me what he says. Well, I called him right that uh -huh. moment. And I was living across the street and one door down from Delaney and Bonnie uh, when I when I quit the band. So it was real touch and go, more uh, go than touch, you know. <laughs> it was time to get out, you know. It was too close for comfort, you know. But, uh, you know, that Mississippi guy, you know. Anyway, uh, I called Eric and I said, hey, man, can I, I've left Delaney and Bonnie and friends. And I said, can I come over and hang out for a little bit? Just kind of get my head together. He said, sure, come on. That was a, a Wednesday. And uh, I called Cropper back, and he said, I'll have a, uh, uh, an airline ticket uh, waiting on you for Friday. Or I'll have it brought to you on Friday. And then uh, I got a knock on the door, and uh, there was a guy with a, my airplane ticket. And I got one out on a Saturday. Was it Wednesday? Thursday? I left on Friday, actually, and arrived on the Saturday and Eric's out there in the country. And he came out, listen, there I was, you know. And he came on out and he said, what are you doing here? I said, well, you said to come on over and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and he put his arm around me, gave him a big old hug, so come on in. And I had a suitcase in my old dobro. And he said, come on in. And you go ahead and pick your room. You know, and I'd already picked my room because I remember when I was rambling through that house when they all went to do that Christmas show with John Lennon and Yoko Ono. I, I, I stayed at the house. I didn't want to go out and have enough of that fiasco. And so I, I asked Eric, is it right if I just stay here? He said, yeah, you can go through all the rooms and do whatever you want. Look, out, look through everything. And I did just that. Were you know? with Delaney Bonnie and Friends when she did that Janis Joplin cover? Bobby Manuel was the engineer, and I, I'm trying to remember now uh, what Janis Joplin's song it was. Peace of My Heart. Or, yeah, it, it was Peace of My Heart. Well, that was on the first, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm playing yeah. on that. Uh, I, I was with the band. I, that's on the first, the original uh, Except No Substitute album. Yeah. Yeah, man. She, yeah, if I'm she on did that. a good job on that. Well, she was singing that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, after, and it, it went south very quickly. Uh, after, uh, uh, I have to be very careful about what I say when I talk about this bunch of a bunch of Mississippi <laughs> folks. Uh, it went south later, you know, she, well, when she thought she was a big star, yeah. you know. And all, it all kind of, everything kind of went south, you know. But that's what happens when your people's egos, they're running off the ego. That ain't much to run off of. Yeah. You know? God damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by ego alone. Yeah. Uh, Man, there were some good people uh, that went through that group. Yep. It was like a revolving door uh, of musicians. Uh, uh, let's say revolving. No one was ever fired, you know. Uh, 
Jimmy Carstein, he showed up uh, playing when we first put it together. Started out with just Delaney, Bonnie, and me, and Delaney playing acoustic guitar. We did a tour all over the United States, our radio tour. But uh, I imagine there's tapes of that that'll be out one of these days. But uh, uh, well, it started out with Delaney, Bonnie, and me, and then we went back and put a band together, and that band was Carl Ladle, J.J. Uh, Kale, Jimmy Carstein, and uh, Delaney, Bonnie, and me. And um, that was the very first band. And we were playing at Snoopy's Opera House, you know, making like $5 a night. I was getting $5. I, I imagine he was paying everybody else a little more because it, I was sleeping on his couch at one time. You see, when I went, went out to uh, uh, L.A. to be with him, I mean, uh, I, I was thinking one thing. The next thing I get there and, you know, I'm staying on the couch, you know, me, Delaney, Bonnie pregnant was, uh, with, with Becca and uh, me, Bonnie, Delaney, uh, Mamma, and, and this was a two bedroom, oh. uh, place with one bath and, and oh you know, God. four room house in, in Hawthorne. And then, uh, uh, Preston, she was divorced from Preston, her, and, but he was out there in the, in, sleeping in the garage. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> God damn! I mean, I left Memphis in a, in a, a deal with Stacks and everything to come out here and sleep on your couch and sing chick parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Sing chick parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, singing chick chick parts. You know. <laughs> That's a good thing I was from Memphis because we knew how to do that. You know, we knew how to get up in the falsetto and sing yeah. that part. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got, I got no regrets, and I have absolutely zero <laughs> regrets about any decision and thing I ever made in my whole life. Because here I am, seventy-two. I got a whole new career, a whole new life. You know, uh, it's, it's really good. Life is really good for me. That's great, so, man. Um, that is really good to hear. Yeah, it really is, man. Yeah, so. You got anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, something that I didn't realize was that Derek and the Dominoes was was kind of formed while you were playing on George Harrison's album. You know, George asked me and Eric to put the band, our band together to be the core band. So we were asked, you know, to be the core band on the All Things Must Pass record. Right. So I'm, uh, George told me the only person in on this record more uh, more than him was me, or as almost as much as him was me, because I'm on everything except two tracks, pretty much, and that's uh, I play, I did not play organ or Hammond on behind that closed door, but uh, that's Billy Billy Preston. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, I was on, I was at every session. Every one of them. Yeah. Wow. If I wasn't playing like the Pete Drakes, I went by to make sure I, I was known. You know, it was my suggestion to get Pete Drake over there to do those parts. They had me doing them with whistles first. All things must pass it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, man, no, I said, my whistle might be fine. I said, but you need to get Pete Drake over here to do this. He thanked me when I saw. I met him in Nashville. He thanked me for suggesting that he come over. Oh wow! Uh, 
So uh, George let me play any and everything I wanted to. I played all the hanging bells, all the pump organ, all the Hammond B3, except for uh, what I told you and Billy played. Uh, played grand piano on Beware uh, of Darkness and, uh, you know, all the jam stuff, you know. Yeah, and Beware still of receive, Darkness. Still receive, you're still getting royalties from all the jams, you know. Yeah. I, I, I added it up one time, and I, and I figured out that George has paid my utility bills for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Beware of Darkness, but that was uh, the first time you played piano or recorded. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, I learned to play when we started the jams. We went in one one day, and everybody was there, you know. And and uh, I think it was uh, Gary. Uh, let's see, Gary Wright uh, was on the on the organ, and I and I told Eric, "Hey, man, <laughs> that's my my act, you know." <laughs> and, and all there was left was the, the grand piano over there. And he said, "Don't you play that." I said, "I don't play piano." I said, organ and piano are two different things. He said, well, today's a good day to learn. <laughs> so you can hear me. Uh, uh, you can hear it sound You can hear I mean, you can hear Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, and everything coming out in that, in that thing. And uh, it was a lot. Of, I went, well, that's that. You know, I was digging in my well, you know, and I had pretty good well to dig in as far as, you know, being a keyboard player that I've been around. And, uh, uh, we got friends. That's when George came in and, and, and he asked me, he said, come on, I want you to play on this thing in here. He was taught, said, your dad was a minister. And uh, I got something that's got, I need that feel, you know. Uh, I went in and sat down. It was Beware of Darkness, sure enough. Oh, wow. And, and so that was really the second time I'd ever sat down at a piano. I, I played organ, and that's that is. I mean, there's a difference in playing uh, banjo and guitar. I mean, just because you can play guitar, don't mean you can play banjo. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. two two completely different things. You know, uh, that's all the all together different. You know, um, uh, it's just the way that all rolls. You know. Uh, I, I think that what I did, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, of what I've done and, and my role that I played and all those things. Oh, you know, I mean, but I have these things that I love to carry with me. You know, I like Charles doing my song and singing it exactly like me, you know, and uh, uh, dictating a, a letter to me. My song called Slip Away. You know, George yeah. Jones did one. Yeah, George Jones did one of my songs. And, uh, Someone you used to know, and uh, Tom Jones did one of my songs. Chad did one of my songs, and Eric finally gave me my writer's credit back on Bell Bottom Blues. So I mean, you know, things are, are right. It takes a while sometimes, but what happened you know, it with takes that? A while to, huh? What happened with that? With the Bell Bottom Blues? Well, if I'd have been giving credit for Bell Bottom Blues on the Layla album when it came out, I would have had me having more songs on it than Eric. And Eric's manager, Robert Stigwood, uh, he, he's pushing up the weeds now. Uh, he would not have it. He would not have anybody doing more than Eric on the thing. So that, I figured that's what it's about because I raised hell about it and it fell on deaf ears. Uh, all these years, and then some years back, 
Eric uh, uh, mentioned it, and I said something and to his one of his guys, and he jumped on and said, yeah, I've been thinking about that. I want to make that right. And he did. So then even though they didn't change the label on the, uh, the 50th anniversary, I thought they were going to. They didn't. They just re reprinted the old one. Uh, but on the, all the next stuff is going to have me on there, written uh, Eric Patrick Clapton and Bobby Whitlock. You know? yeah. but I, I, I get it from the, uh, all the... All the all the right people that know, you know, that pay out the money, the radios and all that stuff. That's all good. You know, but he finally gave me my, my, my due on it. And I'm I'm glad. You know, it might have been forty seven years too late, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little time. Yeah, has passed. Yeah. yeah, it's how it, but it's helped keep me keep me alive and going, you know. Uh because I want to be alive when they finally get it said, All right, yeah, oh yeah, Bobby had something about this too. That's what it is though, you know, it's like my great great grandchildren be able to say, Hey, my my great great grandfather wrote that song with Eric Clapton. Uh, you know, that English guitar player. You know? Yeah, 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 that English guitar player. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're like co-founder of Derek and the Dominoes. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, yeah, me, me and Eric, I and, made the phone calls. I was his protege, well, and, um, uh, you know, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, and I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I was learning the whole rock star thing uh, from Eric and and George, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. George came out. So you're gonna stay here? He gave brought me six thousand pounds. Uh, he didn't pay anybody on the record that much money, but uh, he, he he came out in front of uh, Apple, and uh, he says, uh, "I have my little Porsche that Eric bought me." Good time doing it. You know? 
Yeah, beat the hell out of setting their ascot in that, that nice house, you know. Yeah. You know, watching, watching tennis with the sound off. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of life is that, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, after these guys, the only ones that had their shit together was the Rolling Stones. You know, they would recreate for three months. They would write and uh, put uh, the, the record together and for three months, go on the road for three months, then they back on the uh, back at, at uh, San, in San Tropez, you know. <laughs> so they they had a schedule. We didn't have nothing. We sit around and wait on Eric Clapton. I didn't I didn't sit around and wait on anybody, you know. I ain't waiting on nobody to get over something. Yeah. yeah. Well, he got over it, and he and he's got his bands, and and they're all different and different stuff, and you know he's a big superstar that he wants to be, and I'm happy for him. You know, I'm happy to be on this phone with you right now and talking <laughs> about Memphis. You know. Yeah, you are a beacon of light in Memphis music because you brought a lot of attention to Memphis music uh, when you were in Derek and the Dominoes. I walked down Beale Street the last time I was there and down another street, and I don't see my name on the ground anywhere, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Man, that, I, there are so many people that should be there that are not there and people that should never be there. Yeah, yeah, some of it I don't understand. That's not my, uh, I'm not, that's not a goal in my life see myself down there with somebody step on my name, you know, but <laughs> I need to put that shit on the walls, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, it's really been good, Mitch. I'm glad we've had this talk. I'm gonna, I'm, I got to get on with my day. All right, Bobby. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. We'll get together when I come yeah. back. When I come okay. Back man, I'd love that. Make sure you're with us next time for Memphis Music Interview. Memphis Music History, told from the inside. I'm Mitch McCracken, and I hope to see you then. Memphis Music Interview is a Get Crackin' production.